Hi, this is filmmaker and author Michael Morin. Whenever I'm not riding my bike around the Davis campus, I'm listening to KDVS College Radio right here. FM. Cool. This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Welcome to the program. Every so often we like to do a show that uh, dwells on good news, because after all, there's so many bad things taking place out there that I think it would do us all good to occasionally just step back and say, you know, there's so much good going on, we don't think about it enough. We're going to try and think about it today. Bad things, of course, are going to continue to go on, and we're going to actually have to mention some of those, but let's see if we can't put them in context, and whenever possible, see the glass as being half full, not half empty. We have a very special guest lined up for our second segment today, but, uh, but I'm not going to say one more word about that until... Segment number two. I guarantee you that's going to be fun, and I guarantee you will be familiar with our guest, although you may not know it. So I hope that's enough of a mystery to keep you glued to your set. Stay tuned. And I think at the end of last week's show, we unintentionally slighted uh, the person that follows this program, Todd Urick. Todd has been working very hard for some years now to uh, expand the capacity of this radio station, and uh, of late, this has borne some fruit. We're going to try and get our general manager, or actually our outgoing general manager, Steve Valentino, to come in on our third segment and explain to us about future KDVS broadcasts. And on today's show, we're going to tie up some loose ends, things we've been meaning to get to, but we just haven't been able to. So it's good to, I think, sort of uh, kick our feet back a bit and do some reviews. Now, we like to start this program with on this date in history, so let us proceed with that on this date in history, which would be June 8th. In the year 632, Muhammad ibn Abdallah, who was born in Mecca about 570 and founded the religion of Islam, dies after making a farewell pilgrimage from Medina to Mecca. Muhammad became the prophet of Allah, the supreme and sole deity of the faith, who conveyed the divine scripture that was later collected in the Quran, or recitations. And 100 years ago today, on June 8, 1906, following publication of American author Upton Sinclair's novel The Jungle, which described unsanitary conditions in meatpacking plants in Chicago, the governor of Illinois required inspection of such manufacturing facilities. And on this date in 1968, James Earl Ray, an escaped American convict, was arrested in London, England, and charged with the assassination of civil rights leader Martin Luther King. Extradited to the United States, Ray stood before a judge in Memphis, Tennessee, and pled guilty to King's murder, allegedly in order to avoid the electric chair. Three days later, however, James Earl Ray attempted to withdraw his guilty plea, claiming he'd been set up as a patsy in a larger conspiracy. Sentenced to 99 years, Ray died in prison a few years back. 
Ray always claimed that he had an accomplice named Raoul who sent him all about Europe after the assassination of King. It is curious that uh, four of the aliases that Ray used while on the lam matched him physically in terms of his height and physical descriptions, and all were real people living within a small area in Montreal, Canada. This and many other curiosities uh, were never examined in a trial because of his guilty plea and the fact that despite legal maneuvers, Ray never received a retrial. Our quote of the day comes from psychologist Abraham Maslow, who said, If the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. Our statistic of the day is comes from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that notes that when completed next year, the new $592 million, 104-acre U.S. Embassy in Baghdad will be America's largest embassy with 21 buildings and office space for more than 3,000 people. Our uh, humorous quips of the day come from The Week magazine, the current edition of The Week magazine, which uh, takes excerpts from a new book by authors Paul Slansky and Arlene Sorkin titled My Bad. And by the way, we should consult with Dr. Andy on this one. Apparently this expression, my bad, has entered the language of late. I'm curious as to how it did so, and I asked around, and apparently the answer I'm getting is that it comes from the television program Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Well, one of you alert listeners that knows the story on this, please send a letter to info at radioparallax.com so that we can, uh, we can better clarify where this terrible expression, my bad, came from. But uh, it actually appears to be making up a pretty good book. At least some of these quotes are pretty good, and I'd like to share a few. This book is a compendium of some of the worst acts of public contrition in recent memory. For example, three years ago, Assistant U.S. Attorney Kenneth Taylor said, The comment was not meant to be a regional slur. To the extent that it was misinterpreted to be one, I apologize. This is after the Assistant U.S. Attorney referred to potential jurors in the Eastern Kentucky Mountains as, quote, illiterate cave dwellers, unquote. And how about this? After Representative Dan Crane, Republican Illinois, apologized in public for having sex with a 17-year-old congressional page back in 1983, the representative's press secretary said, that was a very intemperate remark made in the heat of the day yesterday in a very misguided attempt to defend my boss. I'm very sorry for it, and I apologize to Congress for it. It in no way reflects my feelings or opinions of Congress. Apparently, the press secretary the day before said, if they require the resignation of all congressmen who slept with young ladies, you wouldn't have a Congress. And in 1990, General Motors chairman Robert Stemple said, the excerpt is offensive and therefore has no place in any General Motors activities. This was after the GM chairman referred to a Japanese-made vehicle in a promotional video as, quote, a little faggot truck, unquote. And in 2001, they managed to get a rare apology out of David Letterman, not just Letterman, but some CBS executives, who said, quote, We apologize for the joke referencing Miss Columbia. There was no intent to offend her or the people of Columbia. After Letterman said <laughs> during one of his monologues, You know what's really gotten impressive? Referring to the Miss Universe pageant. The talent competition. For example, Miss Columbia, she swallowed 50 balloons full of heroin. 
And uh, Fox News host Bill O'Reilly, begrudgingly honoring his pre-Iraq war pledge, said, well, my analysis was wrong, and I'm sorry. What do you want me to do? Go over and kiss the camera? What do you want me to do? This was after O'Reilly was presented with a videotape of him saying that if no weapons of mass destruction were found, I will apologize to the nation and I will not trust the Bush administration again. And in 2001, Philip Morris said, for one of our tobacco companies to commission this study was not just a terrible mistake, it was wrong. It exhibited terrible judgment as well as a complete and unacceptable disregard of basic human values. Philip Morris was apologizing for a report prepared by the Arthur D. Little Company on the economy of the Czech Republic. It found indirect positive effects of cigarette smoking. For example, the huge sums of money for health care, pensions, and housing the government would save thanks to the early deaths of smokers. And the last item and my personal favorite comes from the Lexington, Kentucky Herald Leader newspaper, which said in 2004... It has come to the editor's attention that the Herald leader neglected to cover the civil rights movement. We regret the omission. (laughs) The paper was apologizing for a 40-year-old policy, for which were then separate papers, the Herald and the leader, to relegate coverage of sit-ins, marches, and the like to brief mentions in a column called Colored Notes. All right, let's do the good, the bad, and the ugly. According to The Week magazine, it's a good week this week for incentives. After the coach of the Ukrainian national soccer team announced that he would lift his ban on players having sex with their wives if the team reached the semifinals of the World Cup. In fact, said Oleg Bloken, I will personally drag them to their wives, whether they want to or not. It was judged, on the other hand, a bad week for Pete Townsend's reputation after the conservative magazine National Review named the Who's Won't Get Fooled Again number one on the list of rock songs with conservative lyrics. The Beatles' Tax Man was number two. And finally, it was an ugly week for eardrums, as Paris Hilton announced that her first album will feature reggae, hip-hop, and pop songs. I have always had a voice, Hilton said. When I finally let go, I realized it is what I am most talented at. We are relieved that Paris Hilton finally has found something that she is talented at, allegedly. And a bonus ugly item is as follows. A Nebraska judge sentenced a convicted child molester to probation because she thought he was too short to survive in prison. Richard W. Thompson, who's 5'1", was found guilty of sexually assaulting a 12-year-old girl. Judge Christine Sakava could have sentenced Thompson to 10 years in jail, but gave him 10 years of probation instead, telling him someone with his height wouldn't fare well in prison. It's good to see someone looking out for someone who's a short person, said Joe Mangano of the National Organization of Short-Statured Adults. 
All right, that's it for the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, a couple weeks back, we went down to Los Angeles to interview uh, Ray Bradbury and speak with Norman Corwin. That was a lot of fun. While I was down there, I stopped in on my good friend Jane's to uh, to have Jane, as she always does, pull up some fabulous things on the web. For example, a video showing a helicopter that landed on Mount Everest. Did you hear about that one? If you go on the web, you'll find uh, you'll find video of a chopper with a camera specially modified that actually was able to get to 29,000 feet and put the skids down on the very top of the mountain. Pretty weird. In, in a related story, it was revealed that one of the Sherpas that climbed the mountain apparently got on the top and took off all of his clothes. This has generated quite a buzz as people are just wondering, well, well how could that be? I have to ask... How could that be? I mean, with the winds that occasionally flare up on the top of Mount Everest, can you imagine being on the top of the mountain and having your pants blow off into Tibet? But I think the best thing Jane pulled up for me was a website featuring easily mispronounced domain names. <laughs> the top the top three in my book are the website expertsexchange.com. Uh, of course, when you put it all together as one word, it reads expertsexchange.com. They subsequently capitalized both E's and put a dash between them. They probably should have got around to changing therapistfinder.com, and they probably will in the future, because if you list it as one word, you have to ask, is it therapist finder or the rapist finder? Then my personal favorite is comes from an Italian power company. But then again, if you didn't know that it was an Italian power company, PowerGenItalia.com, you'd look down and see the provocative domain name PowerGenitalia.com, which you have to admit is, is quite a bit more of a grabber. And I want to thank Jane also for directing me to a website titled www.Panexa.com. Panex is a mythical prescription drug that was noted should be taken only by patients experiencing one of the following disorders. Metabolism, binocular vision, digestion, solid and liquid, circulation, menstruation, cognition, osculation, and extremes of emotion. Going out one step beyond the usual direct-to-consumer advertising that Panexa sites suggests that you, quote, ask your doctor for a reason to take it. Today's a, a good news show we're only going to mention in relation to uh, this week's election that uh, the Democrats, apparently determined to run off the cliff like lemmings, have chosen Phil Angelides to run against Arnold Schwarzenegger. We're pretty sure that Angelo Sakopoulos's mini-me is going to be made mincemeat of by Arnold Schwarzenegger in November, and we've got to admit we're not, we're not sorry about that. We should have known that if in our pre-election show, n none of us liked Phil Angelides, that naturally he would become the nominee. We'll have more to say about uh, the upcoming election, of course, as things evolve. I do want to point out uh, with enormous pride that The Economist magazine, the current economist on the newsstands, picked among all the issues to highlight in the, in the run-up to the election of this week, the 11th Congressional District in California, where Pete McCloskey of Yolo County uh, got himself a, uh, an address in Lodi, specifically to challenge Richard Pombo. 
Running on an absolutely shoestring budget, uh, McCloskey was able to uh, to get a third of the vote, still handily defeated by Pombo, who was well financed in his campaign. But the fact that Richard Pombo uh, actually had to run and come to California and explain himself, or at least try to explain himself, was uh, was a very good thing. And we hope maybe we can bring on Pete McCloskey uh, uh, again sometime. But for us, it was very gratifying to see a guy who we decided to highlight here on KDVS being picked up by The Economist. There was a big write-up on McCloskey last weekend in the Chronicle. He did get some ink in the Sacramento Bee. We're grateful for that. We just wish that some of our local radio outlets would have perhaps paid more attention to the 11th District Congressional race. We'd also note that uh, previous guest in this program, Dr. Arthur Shapiro here of UC Davis, has also gotten international news for his noting that the extremely wet spring that we had in California has really knocked down the butterfly population. And uh, Bill Wagman, fellow DJ here on uh, KDVS, got a nice write-up in the UC Davis News and Information uh, website, which we would refer you to. Bill Wagman brings you the uh, Saturday morning folk show here on KDVS uh, on alternate Saturdays. Robin, uh, Robin Fox uh, alternates with Bill uh, on the 9 a.m. to noon slot. Uh, Bill thinks that uh, the Saturday morning folk show may be the longest running program on KDVS. We'll have to look into that. But anyway, well done, Bill. Yay. We welcome to the program actor Christopher Walken, who has announced something rather surprising. Mr. Walken. I am throwing my hat in the ring for president. President? Yes. Of the U.S.? It might be easier to run for, say, president of Bolivia, but I'm not a citizen there and wouldn't feel comfortable up in the Andes Mountains. Okay. I think it better to try the difficult but not impossible task of becoming chief executive here. So this is no publicity stunt. I'm serious. As a heart attack... Something needs to be done, Doug, to alter our course in both domestic and foreign matters. Any any thoughts of a vice president to Mr. Walken? I prefer someone not from show business, like, say, Joe Piscopo. Just kidding, Joe. But on my short list, Lee Iacocca. I understand he did a fine job for the Coca-Cola company. I don't believe he ever was with Coca-Cola. I thought he tried to rename it I had Coca-Cola. I-, I believe, sir, that was a joke. Gee, I, uh, I was misinformed. Well, who else is on the list? None other than Hubert Horatio Humphrey. He used to be Veep, you know. True, but, but Hubert Humphrey's dead. Okay, scratch that one. Who, who else you got? Well, Buzz Aldrin has a wonderful name recognition. That's always important. And I believe he's comfortable being number two. Well, are, are you serious here? Hey, I'm getting significant endorsements here in Los Angeles. People are flocking to me, if I do say so, Doug. Well, well, like who? Well, former TV game show regular Austin Bean held a barbecue at his Malibu trailer. And Elvira had a fundraiser party and promises more. In the future, however, I will have to insist we avoid the vampire theme. Yeah, that's, that's not really presidential. Uh, that was my feeling. Okay. And no kegger next time. Well, that's good. You hear me, Elvira? Yeah, that's good. Good. Good idea. Doug, Uri Geller is sending good vibes. Uri says if he can find his good pal Michael Jackson, the king of pop will offer major support. It's just 
He's not sure where Michael is right now. So you, you've got a psychic who can't locate one of his best friends? Or he says he can't focus if there's sunspots, I think. But, Doug, Jesse Ventura gave me a great idea. Which was? Meet with Carl Weathers. The, the Apollo Creed of Rocky? Yes. Carl was, more importantly, in Predator. So? So? Think who else was in it. Doug, two actors who became governor, Jesse and Arnold. Carl was in it, too. So? So he's bound to bring me luck. Well, Mr. Walken, you're, yes. cer you're certainly demonstrating outside-the-box thinking. Why not Carl Weathers as, say, Secretary of State? Why State? Well, I think people are now used to thinking of African-Americans there. Well, have you thought about Gary Coleman? You think I should? No. He doesn't seem right to me, either. It sounds terrible to say this, but he doesn't have the needed stature. Ow! I feel bad saying that. And, and, and we feel bad hearing it. Yes. But uh, who else might we anticipate in a walk-in cabinet? Big New Brzezinski. He has a masterful knowledge of global affairs. I see. Both him and Dick Cavett. Okay. Both are good choices for security advisor, but I really don't know who'd be in my cabinet. Well, who do, yes. you, who do you like? Who better than Jaja Gabor for UN ambassador? That's what I'm thinking. Why Jaja? Why Jaja? Look, how many husbands from how many countries? I think if someone needs to be slapped around, she'll do it. Well, she's proved that. And Dennis Hopper, a great drug czar, don't you think? Mm. And for Surgeon General, that Dr. 90210 guy. Well, Mr. Walker, plastic surgeons aren't really public health experts. Well, any guy who consider Tommy Tuck and Kirstie Alley is some kind of expert. Well, at least we, in my book, we, we hope you'll return as the campaign unfolds. I will. Keep your listeners informed of the juggernaut called Walking for President 2008. It well, will not stop. So right, we are well, battering down the door of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, Doug. All right. Well, good luck. You wouldn't happen to have Tom Hanks' phone number, would you? His I, phone number? I, I think I left it in my other pants. Oh, too bad. Christopher Walken. Hollywood actor and presidential candidate. Thank you. My pleasure. You're listening to KDVS 90.3 FM, Davis, Sacramento. This is Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. We're going to have some fun in segment two, so stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. Mm -hmm. 